Christ has no body now on earth but yours, no hands but yours, no feet but yours. Yours are the eyes through which the compassion of Christ must look out on the world. Yours are the feet with which he is to go about doing good. Yours are the hands with which he is to bless his people. This quote by St. Teresa is in part in Farlander Hall. And it reminds us that we are in partnership with Jesus Christ to fulfill his mission as stated in today's gospel. That mission has four parts. To bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This morning, I would like to focus on two parts of this mission, to proclaim release to the captives and to let the oppressed go free. We are experiencing a time of great discord and disunity in our country because we have not found a way to implement a just and humane approach to provide for people who seek to emigrate or to this country or to seek asylum. In the past year, we've learned about policies and practices that clearly demonstrate that the inability to see one another as children of God, as our brothers and sisters, can have a devastating impact on children, families, and our own sense of what is spiritually right. However we may individually feel about how to address immigration issues, we have an obligation as disciples of Christ to think about how to not allow ourselves and others to be held captive or oppressed by any policy or process that is based upon stereotypes, prejudice, bigotry, or misguided ideas. If we allow ourselves to believe that some people are deserving and some are not, based on scapegoating and prejudice, if we allow ourselves to ignore truth because it does not fit in with our way of thinking, if we allow ourselves to be silent when we need to speak up, then we are not acting as the body, hands, and feet of Christ. We are instead in spiritual retreat, and in the long term, our choices may contribute to the chronic shriveling of our spiritual selves, thus making us an oppressed people. Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, explains it this way. If one member suffers, we all suffer together with it. Our government was recently shut down for 35 days 
And during that time, many people experience suffering, anxiety, fear, financial loss, and unfortunately, in some instances, a decided lack of compassion and empathy from those who should know better. We may differ in our thinking about what caused the shutdown and the justifications for how long it lasted. However, I think it is reasonable to consider that somewhere along the line, this event came about because we forgot that we are one people, one body, and as such, we cannot allow behavior that hurts one of us without hurting all of us. If we do not find a way to be humane and just for everyone, the entire body suffers. Henri Nguyen said, one of the main tasks of theology is to find words that do not divide but unite, that do not create conflict but unity, that do not hurt but heal. The theology expressed in today's gospel helps us to remember that Christ's mission was ordained by God. Anointed by the Holy Spirit, Jesus is clear that he is to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. We are Jesus' disciples, and as his partners, we see that this mission must continue until such time as Jesus tells us we are done. As a gathered Christian community, there is much we can do in the weeks ahead to fulfill our commitment to be Christ's body and to act in ways that further his mission. First and foremost, we can continue to pray and ask God to guide us in all areas of our life, governance, and relationships, as we do every Sunday during the prayers of the people. The prayers of the people are not just words in the bulletin or in the Book of Common Prayer. They express the earnest belief that God is listening and will answer our prayers. Maybe not always in ways we expect or for which we hope. Nevertheless, God hears our prayers and guidance will be provided. And once it is, then we must be willing to act according to God's will. Second, we can speak truth to power and name acts of prejudice, stereotyping, scapegoating, and bigotry when they are used to justify policies that we know spiritually are not good. Name it, tell the truth about it, and insist that these ideas will never be accepted as a new normal in our communal life. We can trust in Christ's call to love one another as he loved us as a foundational principle by which all behaviors can be judged and measured. Third, we can commit to share with one another in ways that promote understanding and compassion, 
ideas for how to live into our baptismal covenant when we seek to address any issue that impacts our lives and or the lives of others. We can commit to seek justice and fairness by respecting the dignity and humanity of, humanity of friend, stranger, and foe with equal attention. Fourth, we can engage in the public discourse by writing, speaking, voting, marching, supporting, or gathering in ways to let leaders know that this church, this body of Christ, will not let itself be divided, diminished, or held captive by any purpose or action that oppresses another. Christ has no body now on earth but ours. No hands but ours. No feet but ours. Ours are the eyes through which the compassion of Christ must look out on the world. Ours are the feet with which he is to go about doing good. Ours are the hands with which he is to bless his people. We have work to do.